0: Hello, beautiful women. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your She. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a yoga and meditation teacher, best-selling author, and founder of The Way of the Happy Woman. And I'm really honored to welcome you to a new season on our podcast called The Heartbreak Diaries. Now, heartbreak is a harsh but incredibly powerful spiritual teacher. It pulls the rug out from underneath us and asks us to find our footing amidst the free fall. It shatters us and demands we piece ourselves back together, more whole and holy than ever before. And As I've weathered a massive series of heartbreaks over the past year and a half, I've realized that one of the most painful pieces of grief Is often the isolation it brings. So I'm on a mission to help shift this by creating a safe space where women can share not only the highs of our lives, but more importantly, the lows. To help us find a sense of community in our struggles and to give voice to the losses that we often grieve in silence, I've created this special interview series called The Heartbreak Diaries. Over the next couple weeks, I'll share four intimate interviews with women who've weathered intense heartbreak and come out the other side, even stronger from growing older to the sudden death of a beloved from baby loss to divorce and the loss of a parent. These brave women will open up about some of the toughest chapters of their lives and exactly what they did to be transformed by them on every level beyond being a safe space to speak up and share about our losses. This series has another purpose. It honors the opening of a new course that I've been working on for the past year called Healing from Heartbreak, Transform Through the Wild Wisdom of Grief. This gentle, guided four-week heroine's journey is the exact course that I wish I'd had during my own heartbreaks. It gathers all the resources, all the tools that I've had to piece together on my own And I'm offering it to you in one place to help us heal and grow into more human and honest versions of ourselves with the community support and tools we need to make it through our darkest days. As I've learned to befriend rather than fear my grief over these past couple of years, I've discovered that weathering it well requires a truly compassionate and integrative approach. So we start on June 7th. And there's a special gift for any woman who joins us early before May 30th. And you can learn more at thewayofthehappywoman.com forward slash healing dash from dash heartbreak. So grab your tissues, get comfy, and enjoy this intimate interview as part of our Heartbreak Diaries. Hello, my dears, it is time for our last interview in this series. I, I feel sad that it's coming to a close. I feel a little bit of grief that it's coming to a close. I feel like there's so many more stories to be shared. Um, but at the same time, all good things must come to an end. And yes, this, this series is ending as the course on how to work through all these types of losses, healing from heartbreak, as that is about to to start and to be born uh, through me uh, for the first time. And we're starting next Wednesday, June seventh and running for four weeks. I have been formulating this program for the past year as I've documented my own, Struggles, journeys, learnings through heartbreak, through um, separation and betrayal, and recently through losing a child. And I'm curious how that you know. I'm curious what's going to come out. I I have so much to share, and I just feel like um, like a fire hydrant waiting to be plugged into uh, to to share it. And. Lisa, Lisa Brown, whom we're meeting with today, is really a beautiful segue from this podcast series into the course, Healing from Heartbreak. Lisa is a longtime member of our The Way of the Happy Woman global community. We first met some years ago during a retreat that I was leading in Thailand called the She Retreat. Many of you know that I lived in Thailand for a decade and often go back. To teach, I actually haven't been back in a few years, and uh, my next retreat is scheduled there for February of 2018. For any of you who want to come gather together in southern Thailand, and then Lisa went on to become a member of our She School, our nine-month spiritual practice community, and to be one of my one-on-one clients. We worked together very intimately over several months. During a pivotal time in her life, and that's that's why I reached out to her to see if she'd be willing to share, she went through a divorce with two children after, I think it was 21 years of marriage, I might be off by a year or two there, and she was also going through menopause at the time, and then when I reached out to Lisa via email to see if she would be willing to be interviewed, she shared that she was In hospice with her mother who was going to be dying at any moment and we actually recorded this interview about a week after her mother passed so I get chills as I share that it's it's a powerful conversation and I now I'm starting to get a little bit teary about it but I'm so blown away by the journey that Lisa took on and the transformation that i've seen in her from the time that i met her in thailand until this interview in really stepping into her spiritual assignment and in that really stepping into the woman that she is the the powerful tender wise woman that she is so you're you're going to hear it you're going to hear it in her voice and you now this is this is what heartbreak does to us when we say yes to it, when we say yes to it, when we work with it skillfully, and when we don't turn away, when we don't turn away. So you'll hear it in Lisa's voice, and yeah, we all we all find our we we'll all find our way into that place that Lisa's in of of losing a loved one of. Needing to have an old version of ourselves die so a new version can be reborn. So listen in and you know pass this interview along to women who need it. Pass this series on to women who need it. And for anyone who wants to go deeper, for anyone want, who wants to say yes to this journey, I I really look forward to guiding you deeper in the healing from heartbreak course that starts on Wednesday. All right, much love to you. Enjoy this conversation. All right, Lisa,
1: welcome.
2: Thank you so much, Sarah.
1: You know, we were just talking before we started uh, to go live, to record, and I was just sharing, I'm speaking to the audience now, I was just sharing with Lisa that I'm just really honored that she is taking time to be with us today, considering that her mother just passed away, pretty unexpectedly. Uh, was it last week?
2: It two week weeks
1: before ago. last. Two weeks I've ago. Returned,
2: yeah, I've returned home about four days ago after being with Jeez. my father. Yeah, after. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what's you know what a journey you're on and what bravery and service to show up amidst all of that and to share your experiences. And I know you were also sharing that as you were preparing for the interview. It was therapeutic for you just to start to really look at, you know, how you're framing all this, how you're working with it. Not only this loss, but multiple losses you've been through the past couple of years, which we'll get into. Uh And so Lisa, just to help you really... Kind of land here in this space. As you know, you've been a member of our community, whether that's the She School or our She Retreats or even one of my mentoring clients in the past. Um, you know, we always start with a personal check-in. Uh-huh. So can you share with us just where you are joining us from today and how you're doing at the levels of body, heart, and mind?
2: Sure. So I am here in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a very hot day, about 90 degrees. So it's sort of the promise of summer to come. Um, in terms of body, when I check in, I feel like I'm kind of rejuvenating. It was a stressful month um, being with my mother, who just lost um, a battle with cancer, and so I'm, I've returned home, and in body, I'm, I've just returned to my self-care practices, catching up on my sleep and eating well, and all those things that um, kind of tend to my body. So it's starting to fe- rejuvenate. Uh, not a hundred percent. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm depleted, but um, I'm feeling on the upswing. And in in my heart, obviously, I feel. Very, um, my heart feels open, but very tender, very, very vulnerable. I feel extra emotional, um, emotionally sensitive right now and, um, just feeling tender hearted as, as would be expected. And then in terms of my mind, I think that was the third one you asked me. My mind feels yeah, pretty clear, um, it, I feel a little overburdened by a, a big, long list of to-dos after being sort of abandoning my normal life to be with my family the past couple of weeks. But um, other than that, you know, I'm, my mind is my mind is good. Um, not too racing, fa- fairly centered, all things considered.
1: And Lisa, I know that as you're returning home and just getting settled in, you know, one of the things that you and I... We're talking about in our emails to schedule this interview was that you were kind of saying like I don't I don't really know where to start what to talk about because there's been a lot of losses over the past couple of years Mm -hmm. and I know that this happens for all of us at certain times in our lives like we can be going along for a while there's a certain level of stability and then all of a sudden there's one kind of heartbreak or loss and then there might be uh, you know, one or two more that follow after that. That has certainly been the case for me the past couple of years as well. And I know when you, back when you and I were working together one on one, one of the things that we were working with was your divorce. And can you tell us more about that particular loss?
2: Sure. Um, and when, when I sort of launch into some of the background and context, please. Stop me if I go on too long, um, sure. so that we can get to um, you know the healing from it. Um, but but I'll just start by saying that um, I, I guess some context is probably helpful. It was in Jan. I think it was January 2015 when my husband of 21 years, been married a long time, he sat me down and he asked for a separation and the. It was not a surprise that we had some sort of deep-seated, ongoing issues in our relationship, but realizing just how really unhappy and desperate he had become and the fact that he really wanted a physical separation, that was a big surprise to me. So I really felt um, a little bit like, like 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 there was this feeling of having the rug pulled out from under me. And... I think that's the thing about having a primary relationship fail is that it really rocks your world. I mean, it, it it affected all all aspects of my life, and it kind of at every level, sort of emotionally and socially, and in terms of concerns about the family unit and the children, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned finances. Like everything was. Suddenly, it's just like you said, I, my life was cruising along on autopilot for a long time, many years, and then suddenly, bam, um, like starting in 2015, there's just been a lot of rumbling at a very foundational level. And um, I think that, to, to be honest, also to give more context, his timing really, really sucked in that um, just before his request, I had invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money and and passion into building my coaching practice, and I was really poised to have it take off, and um, suddenly, all the wind was really knocked out of that sail, and I feel like um, I really cut way back, uh, you know, sort of abandoned my my visions and, and plans there, Stop my one-on-one coaching clients because I felt I really needed energy just to uh, for myself and managing my own sort of life crisis, and that was a loss in and of itself. Because here was this big creative project that I that I love that um, that really died before it was able to bear fruit, and so that was going on. And at the same time we were just about to launch my eldest son, he was nineteen off to college our you know our first child leaving the nest and he's he's at college in California, so it's all the way across the country so all of that happened at the same time so um so that was a lot and for about six months um it was my hope that, you know, I encouraged my husband, well, let's lean in. Let me, let me really understand. I hear you. Let me, let's work together. Let's get some more therapy. I really wanted to postpone or avoid um, the physical separation, but in the end he just really felt strongly. That's what he needed. I needed to respect that. And so I also want to share that I follow the teachings of the Baha'i faith. And in my spiritual tradition, when a couple is having uh, difficulties, they enter into a period called a year of waiting or a year of patience. And so um, we shared with our spiritual community our situation and officially began our year of patience in August of two thousand and fifteen. So, um, I, you know, in the same month, I, I went from being a busy family of four to having my husband move out and and my eldest son go to college, and so it was down to me and my my other son, who I think was 16 at the time, in in, in this big house, and it was just an abrupt change. And I think that that's when when we started this year of patience. That my inner work, my real transformation, really really began. It might have been. I can't. Um, it's all a little bit of a blur, but that might have been when we started one-on-one coaching, or went on the retreat to Thailand. I can't quite remember. But the purpose of the year of waiting is to really dig deep, to consult our spiritual, you know, writings, to um, do a lot of soul searching, make every effort to try to reconcile our differences and save our marriage. And I, I think both my husband and I really committed to that process. Um, in the end, we did make the decision to divorce, but with the intention to still stay in relationship with one another, to be, um, there's still warmth, to, to you know, uh, be kind to one another, to, to be respectful and continue to co-parent our kids and to really try to continue with a friendship. So that's kind of um, the the overall, in a nutshell, kind of journey. Um, and maybe I'll leave it at that for now and see see what else you want to ask.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I, I want to point out that you know you you were mentioning needing to kind of put a halt on your your building your own career and needing to invest so much energy in handling this crisis and your own inner work. And just to point out for all of us that usually there's a secondary loss and then, sorry, a primary loss. And then oftentimes there's like secondary and tertiary losses that come from that. I know that I've experienced that too. Like you have the primary loss of the divorce and then you can have just with the amount of energy that goes into handling that, you can have financial loss, you can have career loss, you can have friendship losses, and also that the process of grief and of dismantling and then rebuilding a life is is exhausting. It takes a lot from us.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it really becomes like a full-time job that is really not honored in the world that we live in. You know, we're, we're expected to... You know, take a couple of weeks and then just resume as if everything is as it was, but like you said, with the loss of such a long term marriage, it's and I experienced that even just I wasn't married, and in my relationship was shorter, but it you you do need to rebuild you know, everything,
2: yeah, yep,
1: and I- yeah, and you and you and your husband, you had two children,
2: mm-hmm. so
1: that's you know that's a whole other. Dimension.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they were older. You know, I think that um, th- there were many choice points in our in our you know in twenty one years together, where um, the question of whether we would remain married or not, you know, that it wasn't that there was a choice point, and I think that um, all along the way our um our our you know our our desire our heart's desire to to um, keep our marriage intact to keep our family unit in intact was was um a big factor in other words the needs of the children and, and the effect it would have on the children was a big factor in us you know continuing to stay together for sure and so it was and and it was difficult it was difficult to make that step of of um Sort of crossing that line, it kind of felt like a crossing over a line to me. Of of wow, where um, how is this going to affect the children you know? Right.
1: How how have you handled it with your children, and how and how are your children handling it now?
2: Well, I think um, in our case, you know, the children were older. One one was really about to launch out into his own you know, young adult life, and uh, the other one was um, 16. And how we handled it is we, um, once we made the decision to begin our year of patience, we sat the boys down and we reminded them of, you know, we had this spiritual teaching, this spiritual principle, reminded them of that and um, told them that we were going to enter into a year of patience. And, And the sincere intention there is that we really had not made a decision to divorce, it was really a time of, of soul searching and, and effort, um, and so that's how it was presented to them. You know that, so I think it kind of helped them to um, just adjust to the new reality. It wasn't like we we sat down and said, "Okay, your dad and I have decided to divorce." It was, you know, one step back from that. It was, you know, we're having these challenges and difficulties, and we're going to enter into this really sacred time. And they understood that and they could adjust to that first step. You know, we were all adjusting. Um, and my husband uh, got an apartment quite near our home. And um, we agreed that my younger son, who was not going off to college, would remain in, you know, our main home. That he there wasn't a necessity at his age and given our unique circumstances for him to go back and forth between two homes. And so I think, um, that worked well for us. And, um, and, and, and my, my old, and they were, um, my, my older son, he was very matter of fact. He said, you know, I, um, I, I just want the, you both to be happy. And he said, the reality is that I'm about to go off to college and this is really going to affect, you know, my younger brother more than me. And, and, um, I thought that was pretty, um, (laughs) pretty practical and straightforward of him. And, um, and the younger one, um, you know, I I think it's an ongoing thing. I think that it, it will continue to, uh, unfold and um, be integrated and and have meaning made made out of it over time. So it's a process, it's an ongoing process. We try to keep lines of communication open, but in our particular case with the personality of our boys, they don't often, you know, they don't often talk about it or bring it up. And, And I'm just being respectful of that at the moment. Yeah, and my husband and I are still very much, um, you know, in connection and, and it's, it's not, um, tremendously adversarial. And I think that our commitment to that has, has helped a lot. Mm. Yeah.
1: And Lisa, I know that in the midst of all of this, you were also going through a larger personal Transition into menopause and just a new season of life. Yeah. How? I mean, that's that's huge.
2: Yeah.
1: What? Like, tell us about that.
2: Well, I just think that all of the things combined, and and there are there are other things that have happened over the course of these two years. I we won't even we don't even have time for, but the whole. Um, lump sum of it all is that I've, I've really had the sense that I've been going through an initiation process. It's felt that mm-hmm. sort of big and epic, and um, that um, can you can you remind me of the question again, so I'm sure to stay sort of focused. Yeah, um, it's
1: about about um, menopause. The, oh, the initiation yeah. of menopause.
2: Yeah, I think that it is all um, created. Like like the the blessing of it all, the gift of it all, the opportunity of it all, is that with my marriage, you know that foundation sort of crumbling beneath my feet and 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 you know the beginnings of empty nesting, and you know my role as mother sort of dramatically shifting, and then the menopause where I no longer you know for from so many decades we is when we get used to and take for granted there's a rhythm that that is just an undercurrent of our life and we kind of know where we are in our cycle and and it's just an anchor and I feel like that now with starting to miss periods and not quite know where I am in my cycle and just all the changes there it's really created a sense of unmooring unmooring you know like like. um just the foundation's gone, which is kind of scary, but I have to say also, it's also kind of exciting. There's 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 possibility there. There's, you know, there's old structures and habits. Um, everything is up for reevaluation. It's up for questioning. It's up for redoing. And, and there's just a tremendous opportunity for creativity. I think. Um and 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 for me with everything happening all at the same time, it's been such a huge, clear sort of message from um the universe, from God, from from my inner she, like, okay, not business as usual, you know, that yeah. pay attention, you know, there's this is just there's there's transformation happening within me, you know, that there's, un, it's not a concept now. I've always been interested in personal growth. I've always been interested in learning and, and whatnot, but I really have been having a lived embodied experience of what a transformational journey or a transformational process looks and feels like. So, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's difficult you know, and it's so rich. It's so rich. So it sounds paradoxical, and I think it is.
1: It's very paradoxical, and I it's love It's a mystery. Hearing, yeah, I love hearing the like the enthusiasm in your voice amidst so much heartbreak, and that's that's something that I that I teach in this course healing from heartbreak is that grief is mandatory, but transformation is optional. Like that's, that part is the choice and you've just been saying yes to the transformation. So I want to get into that transformation in a moment, but first, you know, let's, let's talk about, so then we have the third major loss, which is the loss of your mom. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
1: Can you tell us a little bit about what, what that process has been like for you so far. I know like in the months of her diagnosis and then these past couple of weeks as well.
2: Yeah. I, I will give you the beginnings of it because it's so um, recent and it, I'm still, yeah. you know, but I think it's worthwhile to, to reflect. Um, um, wow. I don't know. Let's see which, aspect of it um yeah I was telling you before we started the recording that it was sudden in that my mom um was not feeling well had a cough and and went in for kind of a routine thinking she had an upper respiratory infection and and it ended up being small cell lung cancer which is a very aggressive basically non-treatable form of cancer that had spread throughout her body and so um it was just four weeks from the day she was diagnosed till the to the day of her death, and so, um, four yeah. months. Um, one month. Yeah. One month. One month.
1: Wow! I thought you said four yeah. months when we were talking.
2: No, oh. oh, four weeks. Wow. I said, okay. or maybe I said four, four months. Weeks. but I meant four weeks. It was four you weeks. You meant four weeks. Wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, six weeks okay. ago she was with my father in Chicago at the Broadway musical Hamilton. You know, and then Mm -hmm. two weeks later, she, you know, got this diagnosis, and wow, it went downhill so quickly. So,
1: wow, I didn't realize it was that fast. I mean, four months would have been fast, or four weeks is
2: four weeks. So, we're all a little bit reeling, you know? Yeah. I think that, um, the biggest, the thing that, the, the thing that is most, um, Oh, uh, touching to me. And I I don't tell me if we we don't need to go in this direction, but I spent three days with my mother in hospice and I'd never been in a hospice. I had never been quite that close to death, you know, particularly of, of, of a loved one, you know, someone so Mm -hmm. close to me. And I was so, of course, there's, um, again, it's this paradox of, of, of in the midst of this pain and heartbreak and loss, the most exquisite examples of care. Oh, this is kind of, this is bringing up my, my emotion. Yeah. Of compassion, yeah. of tenderness, of kindness, of mercy. It really blew me away, you know? And um, how the, I think part of, as I talked about sort of, Feeling like I've been through an initiation. It's being initiated into these powerful energies that I think go hand in hand of death and rebirth. You know, they go hand in hand, and and um, just yeah, it was just profound. I think I think that um, it'll take me a while longer here to unpack all all of that, and um, I just know that there was something heartbreaking and also very beautiful about what we've just been, what we've just experienced and, you know, as a family. And, um, yeah, so maybe I'll leave it at that or,
1: um, yeah, yeah. I think that's really, that's really beautifully said, Lisa, because I was, uh, I went to a yoga class this morning and the teacher, his mother died very suddenly two weeks ago. And, he was talking about, he was sharing about his experience and saying how one of the things he's really learned these past two weeks is how sorrow and joy are really the same thing. Mm. And I'm, you know, I have felt that as well during my, during different forms of, of my grieving process is that is when we get so close to a death, like we're also so close to all the beauty of the human heart and the human life and there's just they're just all present right there when we get to the real surface of what what this is all about and a lot of the time you know when we're not faced with life and death we're we're just not as intimate we're not intimate with it we're not aware we're focusing on other things and that's a really beautiful opportunity in these tremendously harrowing times that we all find ourselves in.
2: And I'd like to add another insight that I had as well on on that is that in in that hospice setting and so close to 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 the transfer, you know, like the ultimate transformation, right? Just these hard qualities of that I mentioned of compassion, of tenderness, of, of dignity, of, and on and on, I felt very close to the feminine. I think these are qualities that, you know, that we as women are strong in. And, you know, it's our, it's our, it's our um, unique contribution in many ways to bring more of to the world. And, and I just had a sense when I, of the power of these heartfelt, you know, feminine qualities and my mother was a very kind, very gentle, very sweet woman and and people have told me, Oh, you're just like your mother, you're so kind, you're so sweet and sometimes I think, Oh God, you know, I wanna you know, just um just kinda of tired of just being sweet, you know what I mean? And and um yeah. but, but I've gained an appreciation for the power and the strength of these qualities they are not mm. um weak they are powerful beyond measure you know so i'm i'm going to make a commitment to my mom you know to to no longer to to really to really uphold those things with with a sense of of um of their value and importance and and no longer um just be proud of them and and, and and bring them forth. Does that make sense?
1: Completely. Yeah, it's very well said.
2: Yeah.
1: So, Lisa, you know, I'm, within these many losses over the past couple of years and your deep commitment to personal growth and your own transformation, what do you feel are, like, the tools? My dog is scratching herself, <laughs> okay? I don't know if you could hear that.
2: No. Nope.
1: What are the, you couldn't hear that? Oh
2: my I could not.
1: Yeah, her tags are shaking. Uh, what are the tools, people, and practices that have most helped you with grieving these losses?
2: Okay, this is such a good question. And I and I think that, um, of course, everyone's experience is different, right? And, I think it's up to each woman to figure out what brings the most comfort, the most healing, you know, has the best effect. And I just feel so appreciative that these days, it just seems like there is a plethora of, of resources, you know, helpful tools and practices and mentors and coaches and modalities. And I think it's all fantastic and very useful. And at the same time, I have to say that, For me, during this period of time, um, my experience, this initiation, if you want to call it that, has had the dramatic effect of helping me do something that I needed to do a long, long time ago, and that is really to sort of unplug from um, sort of Authorities outside of myself, and my number one tool has really been connecting to my inner wisdom, my inner sheet, you know yes. doing what it is that you you know teach us to do as women. That has been the number one tool. Um, I, I've been trying to turn inward, be quiet, become still. I think that one of the things I did well was to recognize. Wow, it's not business as usual and to respect, to really give this transition, all of these things happening to me, their proper respect and to really cr- actively and consciously create br- breathing space, space for something to happen that my rational mind could not and still cannot understand that um that i think that this it's an alchemical mysterious process that is not linear it's not rational and i just somehow knew that and have really tried to make space for it um listening to my she and trying to act on her guidance and sometimes it doesn't make sense and sometimes it just it makes complete sense um I think that, that's the big one. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think related to listening to my she has been just, I guess it's kind of a stance that I've taken or orientation, kind of a mindset stuff um, of, I, I gave it meaning. I, I consciously gave it meaning. So when I started this year of patience, I very clearly got the image of the chrysalis Caterpillar going into chrysalis of transformation, and that year was really has been in my mind. I was in my chrysalis, and I gave it meaning and I gave it sort of metaphor and, and archety- an archetype. And art, it worked kind of worked with the archetypes, and that's wow. been very helpful. I think that another tool has been to really um, choose empowerment, you know, to make a choice and just it was just a a choice to believe that okay all of this is happening it doesn't feel good it doesn't seem to be good for you know good good in quotes but there's just a sense that i know the universe has my back i know that that god i know that this is all in service to mine and everybody else's evolution and growth and just um and from that i think comes a decision to, to take responsibility, that kind of radical responsibility, to be in learning mode, to be curious, to um, find ways that, um, particularly, you know, in my relationship with my husband, you know, the the marriage, how what how did I contribute to it? What what did um, what unconscious beliefs were running that that um, had us co-create this and really own my part of it. for for the sake of my own freedom, right? My own, my own growth and evolution. So I think that that was, that's kind of a basic orientation that, you know, I haven't always, you know, stayed in that place of positivity, you know, but, but of course not. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm telling you when I did get back into that space, um, there, there, it was very helpful, you know it was yeah. very helpful, and then, in terms of yeah. people, Sorry. yep
1: no, go ahead,
2: yeah, in terms of um it, this was re- this past years is really where i've really grown a place i've really grown is in my ability to really connect and be in community with others, and I got connected to supportive people and communities I was in um a both an online women's circle and a local women's circle and that has been invaluable. And I also, again, in reference to my divorce, I, I pulled around some other, I, I created a team for myself. You know, I have, I got some financial advice, some legal advice and just made sure that I was fully resourced and for maybe for the first time ever in my life, just, really realize wow I can't do this on my own I need to bring on board you know I need to not be in the giving mode but I need to really be in the receiving mode which is right. a huge um, powerful shift that I made you know on behalf of my own self and I think finally um Moving my body because, wow, emotions come up and unless you have a way to just help yourself process them and move them, they they definitely can get stuck. So moving my body, getting coached around core belief work, like to really get, use this all as an opportunity to really get to some limiting core beliefs and get insight around them, be able to let them go. Um. Yeah, I think probably more, but those are the ones that are coming up in the moment. And, and again, I go back to it's all been guided by an inner wisdom that, that knew, that knows, that knew what I needed and, and, um, what would bring about wholeness and healing. And that's just a huge, Lesson and gift of itself that really I really do have all that I need within myself. You know, I didn't really believe it before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this experience has really um, proven it in action. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like these, like really, really trying times teach us. What we're made of, and teach us our capacity, and teach us what strengths we have, and I believe just as as women, just as our bodies and souls know how to birth, we also they also know how to grieve, mm. and they do know how to transform. Yeah. But like you said, when you when you're willing to listen and to trust and to just to take that risk to go through that alchemical process of letting go of rationality and a linear path from point A to point B and just go into, really just go into the unknown. Yeah.
2: And receptivity, just listening, you know, in this moment what's needed, and then in this moment what's needed, and in this moment, you know, and and it just, it really unfolds very beautifully and with such wisdom, and efficacy you know like it it really I think that there is an inherent um impulse to be whole and um you know and so just just um connecting to that has been very powerful for me to really know that it's mm. there, and Lisa you know
1: the next question was about how you feel like you've become a better, stronger woman as a result of these losses, but, you know, I can already hear that. <laughs> I'm sure all the all the <laughs> others listening can as well. It's just, it's coming, it's just shining through you. And it's, you know, you've, from the first time we met at that retreat in Thailand, however many years ago, I can't remember how many, maybe three years ago.
2: I can't remember either.
1: Yeah, Yeah. but you just, you, you had a spark, you know, it's like a, like a feistiness of just, of for life, you know, to really live life and, and to really transform and to be honest with yourself. And it's just, it's so beautiful to see how much you've grown and deepened over these years through these life experiences and through you really working with these life experiences.
2: Yeah, so I, I feel I, remember, I feel just really proud of you. <laughs> Aw, and I feel very grateful. And And I'm remembering now that you mentioned Thailand, there was a particular meditation practice that you introduced us to that was more sort of masculine in approach, which had to do with just sitting and facing, you know, like, looking squarely at what is like truth telling and that mm-hmm. has so served me you know because when when you know when your life start when you have a major breakdown in your life um one of the things one of the ways i have grown grown stronger is i've just really started to kind of enforce to let go of any attachment to a perfectionism you know and and um and i think just being able to when things fall apart and there's kind of a shattering there is a sense of of freedom and nothing to lose and and breaking out of any sort of habitual sort of denial mechanisms or not wanting to look at certain aspects of my life and and it was just like okay i'm i'm sitting here and with looking squarely face on at my life and um it's been very, I think it's brought on board. You know, I love that I do have my mother's sweetness and kindness and compassion and gentleness. And also this has brought on a fierceness that I also need, you know, like a fierceness and a courage and a power that I think brings in the other heart qualities. You know, the, 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 there's the heart I think has sort of the yin and yang about it itself. And I think that I've got, um, definitely this experience has just deepened the capacity of my heart. And um, that means I'm I'm moving through the world now, you know, with a deeper, wider center and just the ability to hold for myself and others bigger feelings and more space, which really helps me be of service to people in a much, um, much more powerful way. And that's, exciting to me, and that's, um, you know, it's sort of the fruits of the of the trials and tribulations.
1: Yes, and I'm, like, I'm struck as I'm hearing you speak, was, that's really what you're saying, like, really makes the difference between using our losses to grow and having our losses kind of just make us wither because some people never ever recover from their losses and can just spiral into uh, addictions, um, depression that never lifts, or you know, long term grief that never lifts. And I think that the more that we can, like you said, face what is without flinching, yeah and choose to transform through our losses, then it's really amazing who we become as a result of that. And like you said, the strength that we uncover, the compassion that we uncover, just the new possibilities for our lives, the empowerment that we discover is, is unparalleled.
2: It is unparalleled. I have to say, as you're speaking, I'm getting chills because I have to say that as you framed it that way, there was I remember there was a choice point. Like I had that sense in the moment that wow, this is a choice point. This is either, as you said, either going to be a catalyst for my a quantum leap in my, you know, growth, my evolution. Um or the beginning of a of a withering process that I might not recover from, I was at that choice point for sure and 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 i you know I made a choice and and I think um that choice like like mindfulness with intention with consciousness, and that choice i think is the um i don't know that's part of the alchemical process right like that's the catalyst to Enables certain energies then to be brought on board and to me to start orienting around um, an empowered future. And and as you're mentioning, I just think that that's a critical choice to be made, and um, that we have that choice. And and then also it it really assisted me to make that choice not in a vacuum, but being inspired by other women, by by others who who were making that choice. Um, Yeah. Truly, you know.
1: Yeah, because we don't have a choice when the rug is pulled out from underneath us. But we do have a choice with what we do with that.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: So, Lisa, what do you most want women to know who are grieving and healing a loss or many losses?
2: Oh, I think um, when you ask that question, I go immediately to my heart. And there's just a feeling of, um, just to know that, um, you can lean into the, to the hurt, to the heartbreak, to the pain, to encourage them to slow down, to lean in, to just ride the wave and, um inside the pain there there is so much richness and there's so much possibility and to trust to trust themselves to trust others uh, who who they choose to bring into their intimate circle and um, to just really know that that there will be a rebirth that there it, it's just in the um, It's, it's the promise of life to all of us, you know, that, that, that any breakdown, uh, death is is followed by a rebirth and just to give women, you know, the the overarching, the overarching energy is one of, of hope and gratitude and, um, yeah, it's an intangible, I can hardly put it in words, but um yeah, that, that they are loved beyond measure and and so um so that um all is well in the big, big, big picture.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lisa, especially amidst all that you're just- continuing to face in your life and I just appreciate you as a woman and appreciate the fruits that you shared with us of your journey through grief and loss it's incredibly inspiring it's
2: my, it's my privilege um, it's, it's my it's my honor and um, it helps with my own healing as well so it's just a, a huge circle of, of generative life giving
0: As Lisa's story illustrates for us, heartbreak is mandatory, but transformation is a choice. So if you are ready for more support and more community, as you reclaim lost parts of yourself and navigate your grieving process from the compass of your inner guidance Come on and join us for Healing from Heartbreak, Transform Through the Wild Wisdom of Grief. Again, this starts in a few days, and you can learn more and join us at thewayofthehappywoman.com forward slash healing dash from dash heartbreak. So I've poured everything I have into this course from what I've learned through the immense challenges that I've faced Over my life, but most especially the past couple of years, and how to use our heartbreak as an opportunity for alchemy to really die to old versions of ourselves, old versions of our lives, and be reborn anew. So, any form of heartbreak is welcome. And whether that was recent or whether it was a long time ago, it's welcome. If you work with women, You know, we all go through heartbreak and you want more tools for working with them. You're welcome. All right. And this episode also marks the very end of our Heartbreak Diaries interview series. If you've enjoyed it, please do share it with the women in your life who need it. And please do leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews help so much. They help to raise the visibility for this podcast so more women can find it. And there are so few podcasts by women that are highlighted on iTunes, and I'd really love to get more female voices just available and out there for more people to hear. So it would help so much if you share this and also if you write us a review. And our next podcast series will be back in a few months. Until then, I'm sending you my heartfelt support, and I thank you deeply for being part of our sisterhood.